I enjoy being with him in Millie. He's on the bishop's council. We meet three or four times every year across this country. Last time was in Myrtle Beach. Uh, next time is in Sacramento, California. Uh, but we are seeing God do some marvelous things. And this church is one of those churches that we have dreamed about crossing the thousand mark. And you did it uh, last Sunday or sun two Sundays ago. And there are a number of those across the country now. And how thankful we are for the blessings of God. God is blessing around the world. I was in India two Sunday mornings ago in Delhi, preaching there at one of our churches, and then there for an international conference. Uh, I'm glad I'm not there this morning. Uh, we do have two of our pastors in the northern part of the country who cannot even preach in their churches, cannot stay in their homes. There is so much persecution that they're hiding in the woods. Uh, they have announced already by the Hindus have announced that they have committed suicide. Their only purpose is so that when they kill them, uh, that was a suicide and not a murder. Uh, so pray for them when you pray that God will protect them and bless them. But in spite of everything, I want you to know that Pentecostalism is the mightiest force in Christendom now around the world. I was in Indonesia last year at a conference I serve as chairman of the Pentecostal World Conference at a church in a totally Muslim city in Indonesia, a building that will seat 25,000 people. It was full every night of that meeting, and God is blessing by His Spirit. The largest church in Hong Kong is a Pentecostal holiness church, 31 stories high, 5,000 on Sunday morning, $31 million to build it, and they paid for it themselves out of that congregation. Can we say praise the Lord for all the Lord is doing? And I'm just glad to be a part of it. For the last 20 years, I've been traveling around the world and in this country as well, preaching the gospel and sharing the good news of Christ and seeing the wonderful things that God is doing then I come here to Whitley and I say, thank the Lord. Look what God is doing here. And I just praise the Lord for it. I stepped up here on the campus this morning and, and the first person I saw surprised me totally because I started pastoring his father and mother 39 years ago. And... Uh, I had not seen him for probably over 20 years, Harry Cashwell. And I looked at him and thought, my. And I said, where are you going to church? He said, right here. <laughs> so thank the Lord as well for the way life just comes together and the blessings of God. But the Lord be with you. Give your wonderful Christmas season and bless you continually. And give you the greatest year of your ministry in the coming year. And I'll be seeing Ferrell three or four times. Well, only two more. I finish up with the second one. But uh, we'll just give thanks to the Lord for His gracious blessings to us. I want to read out of Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 this morning. And begin reading with verse 28 or verse 26. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. The lady wanted to ride the horse, and she was riding the horse, and uh, things were going well when all of a sudden she realized she was slipping off the horse. 
She grabbed the neck of the horse and tried to hold on, but she couldn't. And as she was falling, she hoped to throw herself clear so as not to be trampled by the horse. But when she did, her foot got caught in the stirrup. It looked like tragedy. Falling there, foot in the stirrup, her head on the ground. And it looked like it was going to be terrible until Freddie, the Walmart greeter, unplugged the horse. <laughs> now, what's that got to do with the sermon? Not a thing. <laughs> but there is a sermon in that. God does not promise any of us an easy ride, but He does promise us to be with us and to bless us and to keep us by His almighty power. Would you stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord? I want to ask you a question. What can the Holy Spirit do in your life? What can the Spirit of God do in each and every one of us? And the Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord is able to take ordinary people and do extraordinary things in their lives. And that the Lord is concerned about each of us and what we are to do and accomplish in life. Look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want to pick up two lines, and I want to try to put them against each other for impact, and that will be the message this morning. Mary said, How? It is impossible. And the angel answered with one word. He did with more, but I want one. The Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. 
How can this be? How can my life be everything that God has called me to be? How can I rise above circumstances and live a victorious Christian life? And the answer this morning, as it was 2,000 years ago, is the Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the Lord will overshadow you and the birthing of that which is your purpose and destiny in life will be by the presence and the power of God's Spirit. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for all that you're doing here, Father, and around the world. For the kingdom of God is a kingdom that will have no end but will forever be expanding and will one day cover the entire earth. Bless us now, our Father, in the name of your Son and for the glory of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Chris Tomlin is one of the uh, most influential songwriters uh, of our time. He has written such songs as We Fall Down, Forever, Enough, The Wonderful Cross, and my favorite one, How Great Is Our God. Many of these songs have been translated into languages that cover the earth. The in, one of his songs, Indescribable, was played on the satellite as it circled the earth. Someone said to Chris one day, how is it that your music is so powerful and has such an impact and has covered so much of the earth? Chris's answer was, it is not me. It is not us. We don't have the horsepower or the manpower to propel these songs around the world to the remotest corners of society. The music is from God, and the spreading of the message is from God. We can't do it, but God can do it. At some point in his life, Chris most likely asked how. How can I write music that glorifies God and blesses humanity? How can I write music that will circle the globe in a satellite and spread to the furthest reaches of the earth. Not me, but it's the power of the Spirit of Almighty God. I think in all of us, when God speaks to our lives, we ask ourselves the question, how in the world can I accomplish what God has called me to do? I think the best illustration of that is found in the story of Mary. Mary, whose name is the most popular name among women. Mary, who is blessed among all women. And Mary, who has a place of significance beyond what any of us could have imagined or can even imagine today. And yet it's by the power of the Spirit of God. It must have been a stunning experience. It must have been a shocking moment in her life. When she walks out one morning expecting nothing but the sunrise or the rain or a regular day, and on that day something happens unusual. An angel, Gabriel, appears to her. 
And the angel has wonderful news to her. He says to her, you are highly favored, Mary. You are blessed among all women. And she must have been saying, me? What's going on here? Why am I being singled out? It's a regular day. Nothing unusual is going to happen. My life is going to be like it always has been. I'm a teenager. Nothing spectacular is going to happen in my life. But the angel goes on to tell her that she is blessed of God and is a part of God's strategic plan for the ages, and that she will be used by God in ways that are completely beyond the imagination of humanity. It is stunning. It is surprising. And she is going to ask the question, how can this be? Not me, not Mary of Nazareth, not a teenager. I can't be what you are talking about. And when she says how, the angel says to her, don't worry about that. The Spirit of God will overcome you. The Holy Ghost will bless you and touch you. And that which takes place in your life will be by the power of the Spirit of the Almighty. Can you imagine how she felt? Uh, She must have been going, not me, not now, not here. It just can't be. I'm not that special. I am not used of God. God can't know who I am. God doesn't know my name. He can't know where I live. And yet God chose Mary of Nazareth to be the mother of the Lord and said to her, you are of strategic importance to me in the work that I am going to do in the earth. And you are the chosen vessel and you are the person that I am going to give power and you're going to be blessed among women and you're to do great and marvelous things and she is saying not me not here not now how in the world can it be for you see Mary had no idea that God even knew who she was after all she was not the prime example of what's going to take place Look at Mary. She is only a teenager. Some say as young as 13, no more than 19, probably 16 to 17 years of age. And Mary is a teenager. And teenagers, you just can't. I'm not going there. For you see, though, some older people might think teenagers can't be in everything God wants them to be. God uses teenagers to do His work and His will. And God takes boys and girls and uses them for His glory. And the Lord does impossible things through boys and girls and shapes their lives. And don't ever say, I can't do it because I'm not old enough or experienced enough. You can do it when God speaks into your heart and into your life. You need to understand that nothing is impossible with God and boys and girls can do impossible things and they can glorify the name of the Lord. I was preaching when I was 15 years of age. Now I did a long, I didn't didn't just ask God how one time, I asked him for a whole year. But my point is that God is touching hearts and lives. She was a woman. Now I thought I'd get more reaction from the women when I said that. 
But in that day and time, a woman was not expected to be a leader, not expected to be at the forefront, not expected to do the supernatural. But you and I know better, don't we? There is no male nor female in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are Pentecostal. We know that verse in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And upon my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit, says the Lord. And the power of the Holy Spirit touches women and changes them and makes them a blessing in the kingdom of God. And they're preachers and missionaries and prophets. And some of the greatest work that's ever been done around the world has been done by women who've been touched by the Holy Ghost, whose lives have been changed and transformed. And they do the impossible because of the power of the Spirit. Spirit of Almighty God. But she, uh, she came from nowhere. You know the story, don't you? Nazareth. What does the Bible say about Nazareth? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Yes, Mary comes out of Nazareth. Yes, God goes to a no-name town and a young girl and a no-name area and chooses that one to be his leader and to be the mother of our Lord. It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you're going. It doesn't matter about your past. It's only about your future. It doesn't matter what you've done yesterday. You can be changed with the power and the grace of God and you can come from nowhere but you're going somewhere in the marvelous power of the Spirit of the Almighty and God can bless your life and make you everything he wants you to be. I'm too close home to tell this story, but I'm going to do it. I'm from Williamston, North Carolina. But there's a place in that town called Doodle Hill. And that's where I come from. And some of us, some of my cousins don't want me to ever call it Doodle Hill. So in their presence, I call it Snob Hill. <laughs> but it's still Doodle Hill. And when you say that, Wiley Clark and I, Wiley was from Runnymede in Tarboro, and we kid each other. But there are 25 preachers in the Pentecostal holiness work today that come from that little church on Doodle Hill. It doesn't matter, you see, where you come from. It only matters that God's grace and God's power is in your heart and in your life and that God can make a difference in you so that you will glorify His name. She came and she was born in difficult times. Her nation was ruled by Rome. She couldn't even go anyplace without Rome's permission. When she, a few months later, she will have to go to Bethlehem in the last months of her pregnancy because Rome says go. 
And yet in a difficult time, in the worst of times, God does the best of things and picks Mary and says to her, it doesn't matter the conditions you're living under, I can do a miraculous, supernatural work in your life. It doesn't matter if the stock market is down. It doesn't matter if it looks like we're going to go through a long spell of financial difficulty. God is never hindered by any of that, anywhere, anytime. The Almighty God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can touch a life and make it all over again. I'm almost too close home to tell this one. But this goes to Falcon, where I pastored for 16 years. A young girl that I knew in the church from the time that she was probably two years of age called me or saw me when I was back on a trip and said to me, <coughs> God's told me I'm going to Africa as a missionary. And I couldn't hardly keep from showing the shock on my face. Not her. No way. God told me, God's called me to go to Africa. And I said to her, well, you know, you ought to listen more carefully and you ought to make sure. Uh, I didn't want to say not you. I know you. I, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know the problems you've had to deal with in life. You just, you're just not going to do it. And when I'd come back this way or she would come out to Oklahoma City and I would see her because she, I finally said, okay, if you're going to go, she was not even going to check with the missions board. I said, girl, I think I would check with the missions board. And she kept saying, but God has called me and God has said to me, I'm going to Africa and work with children. Long story short. I am in Kenya, Africa two years ago, just, just before that revolution took place. I seem to get in and out before all these things happen. I am in Africa. Guess who is there? Angie is there with her husband, with her three, four children, and she is heading the children's ministry for the Pentecostal Holiness Church in East Africa. And I am saying this is a miracle by the power of God. But you see, it doesn't matter. God doesn't ask James Leggett if he can do it. He doesn't ask Farrell Hardison. He doesn't ask anybody else. God calls you and speaks to your heart and to your life. And the Lord is able to give you direction and make you everything he wants you to be. And Mary said, how? And that's what we all do. How in the world can it happen? How in the world can it take place? How can God take a nobody and make them somebody? How can God take a teenager and make them a preacher or a prophet or a servant of the King of Kings? How can God take a mother and use her in his kingdom in a mighty way? How can God do the impossible 
in our lives. How can God take an ordinary life and make it extraordinary? How can God take this church and do what God has done in this church already and yet what God is to do in the future? How? And some of you came to church this morning with a how. Didn't you? No need to raise your hands. I'll just, how am I going to make it through the night? The night of depression, the night of defeat, the night of discouragement. How am I going to make it through the valley? How am I going to pay my debts? How am I going to live victorious? How am I going to rise above my circumstances? How in the world can God touch my life and bless me so that I can be a blessing in his kingdom? How can I realize the dreams that God has placed deep inside of my heart? How can I realize my full kingdom potential? How can I rise to the dreams that God has placed deep down in my heart and in my life? All of us have lived with those hows. How can it be? And the angel is going to say to her, Mary, don't be afraid. Don't be overly concerned. You are special in the sight of God. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and God will work that purpose in your life and make you everything He wants you to be. You remember when God called Jeremiah to be a prophet? He's only a little boy too, a teenager. And God says to him, Jeremiah, I have called you and consecrated you to be a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah, I'm going to put it in James's language, not the King James, okay? He says to him, Lord, not me. I'm just a teenager. And God says to him, listen to me, young man. I've called you and I will bless you and I will use you for my glory. And then the angel did something else. He said to Mary, you've got a cousin and she can't have children. She's too old to have children. But she is now six months pregnant. You go see her. Now, I don't know what that does to you, but it makes me want to jump up and down and say, praise the Lord. Because what God was saying to Mary was, look, It's impossible for your cousin to have a child, but she is having a child. And nothing is impossible with God. And the Lord can do it, and the Lord will do it. And what God does for Elizabeth, he can do in your life as well. That tells me that whatever God has done in this book, God can do for me and for you as well. And that the Lord's blessings are for everybody. And that God can do the impossible in your life and in my life and nothing is impossible for the Lord is at work and God will bless by his almighty power. But then let me close with the answer. What's the answer? That's the reason I I want you to leave here this morning with that by the Holy Ghost. 
That's, that's my whole point. How can this happen? How can a teenager be the mother of the Lord? How can a woman out of Nazareth be the well-blessed of the Lord? How can this woman indeed be used of God? And the answer is not her power, not her city, not anything of that nature. It is simply the fact that the Holy Spirit of God will come on her and bless her and use her and the Spirit of the Lord makes all the difference in the world. You can't, but He can. You can't make it through the night, but you and the Lord together can. You can't be what God has called you to be except the Holy Spirit touch your life and bless you. The Holy Spirit living in you and touching you and anointing you and blessing you will make all the difference. No, I can't, but He can. I'd have quit long time ago, but the power of the Holy Spirit makes all the difference in the world and the Spirit of God can lift you and empower you and anoint you and make you so that you can do extraordinary things and you can be what God has called you to be in your life. Amen. God can do it. Now right quickly, let me show you how. You asked how, didn't you? I'm going to tell you how. Go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the next verse says, And the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the deep. And the Spirit of God, listen, was hovering over the face of the waters. Do you get the picture? Creation is chaos. There is nothing there but darkness, no order, everything is all messed up. But the Spirit of God, like an eagle, is fluttering over the vast world of chaotic conditions of water and earth mixed together of darkness and no light. And when the Spirit of God breathes upon that deep, what happens? There's a cosmos that comes out of that chaos and an order out of that disorder and light out of that darkness and there is a world where birds sing and stars twinkle and sun gets up in the morning and marches across the heavens and goes down at night and God said that's so beautiful do it again and the sun's been doing it again ever since that morning for you see when the spirit of God comes in that is order and peace and divine blessing. There are some here this morning whose life might be chaotic and it's darkness and not light and there's disorder instead of order. The Spirit of God can set your life in order and give you peace that passeth all understanding and give you joy and blessing in your heart and in your life for the Spirit of God can take an impossible situation and make it right and holy and pure and bless us in the name of the Lord of glory. Well, glory. I'm going to get excited here. I've seen God do it. I've seen him take lives of a wrecked 
and ruined and messed up and put them back together again. And they're singing and preaching and missionaries for God is up to something. And when God is there, everything comes together. Oh, let me hurry on. We'd have called him Superman or Batman back in, in our day and time. But how do you think a man could go take the gates off a city and, and walk with those gates away? How do you think a man could take the jawbone of an ass and slay 600 Philistines or take 300 foxes and tie them together by their tails and set the tails on fire and send them through the corn patch and let it burn the corn patch up? Samson wasn't a superman. He didn't have any more strength than you or I have. But you know what the strength was? Look at Judges, for then it declares that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily on Samson. God blessed him. Do you understand that we might be weak, but God is strong? Do you understand you might not have the strength, but when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he makes all the difference in the world, and there's power, and there's strength, and the impossible becomes the possible, and you can do anything that God has called you to do. It's not our strength. It is his strength. I guess you know by now I left to preach. But I, I've traveled so much that sometimes I'll be going to the pulpit and I'll say to my wife, you better pray for me tonight because I am worn out just about. But when I got behind the sacred desk, the anointing came and the strength of God was there. You might be weak this morning, but there's power in the Holy Ghost to make you a strong man or a strong woman, and you can do the impossible by His divine power and anointing. They were building a temple, they had dug the foundation, then they all stopped and left it there. God said to the prophet, go tell Zerubbabel that that temple will be finished and tell him it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's going to be finished. It's going to be finished. You're going to build the temple. In fact, he said, tell him that the hands that laid the foundation will be the hands that bring the capstone shouting grace, grace or hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's done. It's finished. But you're not going to do it by your power. It is by the power of the Spirit of the Almighty God. And the mountain that stands in your way before Zerubbabel, it shall become a level plain. I'm going to take the mountain down. And when the Holy Spirit comes in, he'll take the mountains out of the way. He'll make the path plain and smooth. He'll help you finish the dream that God has given you to do. God is up to something. And when the Lord is at work, we will finish what God has called us to do. And the devil can't stop us. Us, and the mountain can't stop us. The mountains are coming down. The mountains are coming down. And the temple is going up. And the Holy Ghost will give the victory and the glory. Well, I've got some more, but I better quit. I think it's time that I come to a close. But could I give you just one more? 
There are 120 people gathered in an upper room. You are, you are there, aren't you? And, the, and Jesus has said to those 12, you're going to go through all the world and preach the gospel. And you're going to baptize and you're going to teach. And they're gathered there scared to death behind those closed doors. And then when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, all authority and power is given to me. I, can I use my imagination? I bet you Peter said, us? You mean Thomas? That doubter? And Thomas said, you mean us? Peter? With foot in the mouth disease? You mean James and John, the sons of thunder, who want to call fire down and just burn up the place? We, you, are going to be my disciples. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to turn the world upside down. You're going to bring the power of Rome down. You're going to cover the earth with a message. And they must have said, well, then you tell us how. And what did he say? Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high, and the Holy Spirit will bless you. They left that upper room after receiving the Holy Spirit, and they covered the entire world with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I go to India in the south of India, that is still the Orthodox Church, the Coptic Church, not the Coptic, that's in Egypt, still in the southern tip of India where Thomas started that church years ago and left Jerusalem and preach the gospel in that area. Listen, when God gives you an assignment, God gives you the power, and God gives you the anointing, and the Holy Spirit is there. What you and I need to do is to listen to the voice of God as God speaks to our hearts and to our lives. We need to understand that God is dealing with us and blessing us and we need to listen to his voice. We need to learn to lean upon the Holy Spirit. It's not me, it's his power. I can do it in his strength, and I will do it. And we must also learn to say yes. For that's exactly what Mary said. She said, be it unto me according to your word. Yes, Lord. I don't know how, but yes, Lord. I don't know how I can do it, but yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will love you and serve you, and you can do with me anything that you want to do in my life. I will be everything that you want me to be. And if this morning, if we'll say yes to him, He'll give us the power and the anointing to be everything He's called us to be. And you can find extraordinary blessing in ordinary circumstances. And God can touch your life. How? How about you give me the answer? By the Holy Ghost. Let's stand for prayer. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, how we pray your richest blessings on this congregation. Lord, years ago, if someone had told me that I'd be standing here and the bridge and all that's taken place at Whitley, I would have said, how in the world can that be? And yet, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, you have brought it to pass. Bless, Lord, every boy and girl, every man and woman in this sanctuary 
Touch their lives, we ask it today. Be with them, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And may everyone realize the potential and power there is in the Holy Spirit living in us and working through us your will and your purpose. For we ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 I want us to do something this morning. I, I want you to come and let's fill this altar. Amen. Would you? And let's just close right up here this morning. I feel like uh, God wants us to do that. I was listening to a preacher on uh, television the other day. I love to hear T.D. Jakes and, uh, and uh, he was preaching for someone else. And when he got through preaching, have you ever heard T.D. Jakes preach? When he got through preaching, the pastor walked up and said, there's been some preaching up in here today. Well, I want to tell you, that's how I feel. There's been some preaching up in here today. Amen. Give Bishop a hand. What a word. What a word from the Lord today. What a word from the Lord today. Would you reach over and just touch somebody? And uh, that person you're touching has a how in their life. God has said to them, he has something for them to do. And, and they can't believe it. They can't believe that God would use them or that, that God could work through them. I want you to pray for whoever you're beside, whoever you're touching. You might say, I don't even know their name. It doesn't matter. And I want you to pray that they will realize this morning as never before in their life, it is by the Holy Spirit I will be victorious. It is not by my might or my power, but by His Spirit. The bishop has preached this so well today, but I want us to seal this. This isn't just good preaching, ladies and gentlemen. This is life-changing information. This is life-changing information. This is going to put some of you over the top, and it's going to put some of you back up on that mountain. And I want you to believe God this morning. Father, let us believe. Teach us. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief, O oh God, that what you have spoken into us, that we are saying, how can it be that suddenly we will realize that it is you, Lord. It is you. It is your hand on us. It is your anointing. It is your empowerment, O oh God, that makes us able. We need to remember that every command of God is a promise of God. I send you and I go with you. I send you, God says, but I go with you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking through our bishop to us this morning. To your name be all glory and praise and honor forever and ever and ever. And the people of God said... Amen. God bless you and thank you for coming. Please go back if you're a visitor today and pick up your gift bag. So glad to have you in church today. The bishop's up here. If you want to come and speak to him, come and speak to him and tell him what this message meant to you.